Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast is in your life today. And man, do I sound groggy as shit. First of all, I have to apologize considering the fact that I've been away for about a week. As you can tell, this weather has been kicking all of our asses to the point that I had to work overtime, double overtime, triple overtime, because I work three jobs pretty much around the same time. And one thing leads to another. I do my 4 to 12, and then it goes over, and then I have to do overtime during something else. Then there's radio, then there's voiceover, and then right back to the 4 to 12 thing. It's been ongoing nonstop. I feel like I haven't slept literally in the past few days. I take cat naps here and there, and I feel like I've pushed myself a little bit too much where I'm really starting to feel it. And now it's going to affect my performance just a tiny, tiny bit. But, but, I am dedicated and I'm trying the best I can to ensure that I deliver the best content that I can. So, considering that I sound very groggy and I don't sound like myself, I do apologize. Or maybe you like this voice. Maybe you like this groggy voice to the fact that maybe, just maybe, it can be in tune with oneself. With the imagination that goes over in the world of comic book history. I mean, who the hell knows? (laughs) Forgive me, guys. It's just been a long week. But, it is Saturday. Valentine's Day weekend. Valentine's Day weekend. You know what that means. I'm sure you do. Of course you do. Chocolate, candy, bears, flowers, but it's more about the celebration of your significant other. Not that it matters because you should be doing that every single day. And to me, Valentine's Day is just another ploy for them to take money away from you. But I digress. I digress. I'm not a Valentine's Day hater. I just call it like I see it. I just call it like I see it. I don't need one day to prove to my girlfriend how much I love her. I don't need one day to prove to her how much I care about her or miss her. I show that. Or try to show that nearly every single day. And I'm sure you do as well. Now if you're the type of person that loves Valentine's Day. And that you need that one day. Because let's face it. It is a woman's holiday thing. Oh my god you're sounding so sexist. I should cancel you. And eh, shut the hell up. It is a woman's day. It's a woman's day. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. There's not. Everyone has their day. Everyone has their time. And tomorrow is going to be interesting. Tomorrow's going to be interesting for me and my sunflower to do whatever the hell we want in the limited time that I have before going back to work. So, happy Valentine's Day to every single one of you, whether you're single or in a relationship. If you don't celebrate it, if you do celebrate it, if you don't have someone to love, then you love yourself. You love your friends, you love your family, love your dog, love your cat. Just love is in the air. Love is in the air. And that's all there is to it. So today is going to be a very interesting episode. For one thing, before I continue to dive in, I hope all of you have enjoyed episode 100 with me and my good friend Tom Aglio. Once again, it is Tom Aglio. You can find him on TomAglio.com. 
where he gives the best stuff that he can in terms of the world of voiceover, genius in direct marketing, genius in terms of thinking outside the box to do whatever the hell he can. I really hope he does write the book voiceover for dummies because I would be the first guy to buy that goddamn book. You know, there's no promotion here. I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm just saying, me personally, I would buy the book. But, you know, I know someone's asking me, oh, when can you get Tom back on the show? Listen, it's whenever Tom feels like it because he is a very busy guy. Like I said, he has a family. He has a career. He He's doing whatever he can to ensure that he's feeding his children, one child, feeding his child, feeding his wife, himself, and doing what he can to do the damn thing. But I would love to have Tom. And Tom, if you're listening to this, man, you are fucking awesome. And you're very knowledgeable. And I'm really glad that I got to meet someone like you. We are boys for life now. You are in my inner circle, my friend. You are the best in the world at what you do. And I would love to have you back on, whether it's maybe after WandaVision. After WandaVision or even whenever. Whenever you feel that way. And like I said, it doesn't have to be... You don't have to be a expert in comic books to be on the show you know you could be just let me know if you want to be on the show let me know whatever you want to talk about it doesn't always have to be about comic books whatever you want to talk about the floor is yours so as i said you know where to find me you know where to hit me up voice of garcia on twitter or instagram hit me up direct message me or our facebook group otc fanatics you can post whatever you want, comic book related, whether it's something fun, something exciting, something popping, coming up that is exciting you. Whew, the sky is the limit here. Voice of Garcia, little plug in there. If you want to get a reach of hold of me in order to be on the show and we can talk about whatever the hell it is you want. With that being said, today is a special episode, sort of special. We are going to dive into WandaVision episode 5 and 6. A little bit more on 6 than 5 considering that episode 6 just happened. And holy shit do I have a lot to say. And of course, I'd say maybe around the last 15 or 20 minutes, we're going to dive into some Q&As. I've been getting a lot of Q&As into my DMs. I've been getting a lot of questions pertaining to some of the stuff that's been going on over the week. And holy shit do I have a lot to say about some particular subjects. You'll find about that and more. All that plus our superhero quote of the day. But first, like we always do about this time, let's get the shoutouts out of the way, shall we? And quite frankly, I want to give the main shoutouts to two veterans of the Game of Thrones. We got Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey, who will be playing and has been casted as Joel and Ellie in this coming up series of The Last of Us. The fact that I want to give them congratulations. I honestly thought that they would recast both Logan and the little girl that played X-23. Her name is escaping my head, but you know what I mean. Because I feel like those characters and those actors were very in tune to the similarities in terms of the game The Last of Us. But, you know what? It's fine. I'm happy with the cast. These two know each other, these two have worked together, and I'm sure they have great chemistry, especially with the shows that they've been a part of, and I can't wait to see where the show will take next. Of course, it's making me re-want to play the game. I haven't played Part 2 yet, I've been hearing mixed feelings about it, but that's up for me to decide and see what happens. 
Once again, guys, congratulations to Pedro Pascal, Bella Ramsey. If you don't know who they are, you can catch them on Game of Thrones. Don't worry about the eighth season because we all know that the eighth season sucks. But Pedro Pascal, if you remember, he played Oberyn, the Prince of Dorne, and Bella Ramsey played Lyanna Mormont in the House of Mormont. If you remember, she was the little girl that got crushed by that gigantic White Walker at the end of the season. Yeah, not proud of it, but more of a David or Goliath type of story. Congratulations to both of them. Shout out to both. Can't wait to see the show. Can't wait to see what they do with it. Maybe it could be something different from the game. Maybe it's something different, or maybe it's all the same. Regardless, I will be watching. That's all we have for the shoutouts. Let's dive into some WandaVision, episode 5 and 6, and my theory on what's going to happen. That comes up right in a bit. It is safe to say that episode 5 of WandaVision is probably the best and the most favorite episode in all viewership as of right now. It, it has to be the case. The fact that you saw Wanda seeing that drone above her where S.W.O.R.D. is sending in a drone and they're trying to keep a close tabs on her, and you just see her gl eyes glowing the fuck red, and she just comes out like a fucking boss. First of all, Magneto must be proud. Magneto must be proud of his little girl. Wherever he is, MCU or not, X-Men universe or not, he must be proud of his little girl, because she came out of that, they call it the hex, the, the constructed reality, the, the, the bubble, the WandaVision bubble. She came out in her Sokovian accent with the drone from Stark Industries, by the way, like a fucking boss, and she just tossed it to them like it was nothing. She gives them one warning. Leave me alone. Stay out of my home. Don't fuck with me, and I won't fuck with you. It's as simple as that. And everyone, even Sword, Monica, and the douchebag agent, and everybody is like, you know, what are you doing? You're taking this to, obviously, these are paraphrasing along the lines because we saw the episode last week but god damn was that a fucking awesome episode because she is the ultimate badass now well yes you know what yes I, I will say that she's the ultimate badass because now whether she's going into the villain territory which is what tom and i discussed last week She's slowly going into that villain territory, and for some odd reason, I always find it more attractive to a female character when they step in the boundaries of good guy and bad guy. And what pertains as the ultimate villain in almost every story that we watch, sometimes the perfect villain is always the person that believes that what they're doing is right, that they see no fault in themselves whatsoever. Or maybe some faults, but... You pretty much know what I'm trying to say. Thanos was like this. Loki was like this. I Ultron, not so much, but Ultron is one of my favorite Disney villains so far. Thus far. But holy shit, does Wanda... God fucking damn. 
there's really no words for me to describe how awesome that scene was. And the fact that she was able, like, you see her powers growing. You see her powers expanding so much more. And now that she has herself and her family within her bubble, she means it. She will fuck you up if you cross her. Like, there's no mistake about that. And and during episode 5, we saw that, you know, there was this guy, this Indian guy, or the, I, I, I'm sorry if I that was racist. Like, he could be Indian or Pakistanian or whatever. But it's the same guy that was working with Vision, and Vision was able to break him free from that mind control just for a bit. And he's screaming in, and I wouldn't say screaming in pain, but he's... You know, he's scared and he's afraid, you know, help, help, please help me. Like, it's, it's all her. Like, she, she won't let me, she won't let me out. I need to get home. And I thought to myself, I'm like, holy shit. How many more of those people are being mind controlled in this situation? How many people are being nothing more than fucking puppets? And it's a very interesting connection to the references of Age of Ultron. I don't remember if I said this last week, but... Pretty much every single person in that bubble, in the WandaVision bubble, are nothing but puppets. They're just on strings. And there has to be something to that because, you know, once again, the references and the similarities are there. You know, Ultron was a puppet on strings and now these people are puppet on strings. And what do they all have in common? They got WandaVision, they got WandaVision, they got Scarlet Witch, they got Quicksilver, they had Vision, they had all these guys. And you have to see, and this even goes into episode 6 when you see that one woman just doing the same thing over and over and over on an endless time loop. And you see her shed a tear. You see her shed a fucking tear. And I'm thinking to myself, holy shit, these people are fucking suffering. These people are fucking suffering. And they can't do anything about it. They are trapped. They are trapped in this reality, this constructed reality that Wanda somehow made. And... That shit is fucking horrifying. But I'm jumping around a little bit here. Let's go back to episode 5 and how fucking awesome that episode was. After everything settled and she goes back to her twins and after they had their dog died and Vision is questioning Wanda. Vision is questioning, be like, listen, what you're doing is wrong. You need to stop. What you're doing is wrong. And she's like, I'm not doing anything. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, playing dumb and playing all this shit. And then ding dong, fucking door rings. And then what happens? Evan motherfucking Peters from the X-Men universe as Quicksilver knocks on the door. I get it like the little fucking girl that I am on the inside. And I know full well a lot of you did too. The moment I saw Evan Peters as Quicksilver, I'm like, yes, yes, motherfucking yes. Yes. Fuck yes. And of course you have Darcy being like, whoa, they recast Pietro, which makes sense within the within the universe itself. They're like, why why does he look so different? What what the hell is going on? But we as the audience know what the hell is going on. Whether that was the perfect explanation that actually told within the story, of course it would make sense because characters get recasted all the time. They really do. And in this moment, it actually made sense. It fit fucking perfectly. And I was so glad to see him again. I really am. I'm sure to many people, he is your favorite Quicksilver. To many, even to myself, he is. And the fact that he does this, you know, slow motion stuff and the sweet dreams are made of these. Who am I to disagree? That whole episode 
well, I wouldn't say the whole episode, that whole scene from, was it X-Men Apocalypse? Brilliant. Fucking, fucking brilliant. Evan Peters is Quicksilver. It's, it's as simple as that. So I was really happy that I get to see him again. I was really happy that he came back and the fact that, you know, he's there to do what he does best. But then again, what does he do best? And in episode 6, we saw a glimpse of that where now Wanda's even questioning. She's like, why do you look so different? He's like, I don't know. You know, you needed me. You know, you were in grief. You were in mourning. You needed me and here I am. And I love, side note real quick. I love the kick-ass references. Because if you remember... I forgot the guy's name, but it's the guy that played something Taylor. Forgive me if I don't remember the name. I'm Again, I'm so bad with actors' names. But if you remember, the guy that played the MCU Quicksilver and Evan Peters from the X-Men Quicksilver, those two actors were actually in Kick-Ass the movies. Kick-Ass 1 and 2. So the fact that they actually made a Kick-Ass reference, I'm like, oh my god, oh, they did it, oh, that's fucking awesome, they fucking did it. I'm sure to a lot of people, it just went way over their head, but I noticed, I definitely noticed, and if I noticed, I'm sure you noticed too. So I was really happy they made that reference. I was also really happy that she actually dressed up as the Scarlet Witch, and I don't remember if it was the twins or Quicksilver where they're like, you know, what do you look like, a Red Riding Hood or whichever? And I really wanted her to say Scarlet Witch. I really did. But I felt like if she was to say the code name, to say her character's, you know, superhero name, I feel like that would have been a little bit too easy. So maybe it's best that they don't say it. And one thing I realized, a lot of this entire theme of Episode 6 was the fact that it's Halloween and it's scary and it's spooky. And I also thought that maybe this episode would take place around the 90s, but it felt like a more early 2000 type of thing. It felt like a reference to Malcolm in the Middle. Although, I can't remember when was the last time Malcolm in the Middle actually did come out. I don't remember if it was the late 90s or early 2000s. It's been so long. It's been so long. But those were fun shows. They really were. And the fact remains is, this episode definitely took a peek behind the curtain a little bit where Vision is now seeing a lot on the outside in terms of what's going on and everyone is frozen and everyone is suffering and he's trying to get out. He's trying to break through the barrier. And of course, he broke through the barrier and he's fucking dying. He broke through the barrier and it's fucking dying. And who noticed it? Well, the motherfucking twin, the twin boys, Wiccan from Tom... I. First of all, forgive me if I don't remember the exact names from the comics because I know Tom was a little bit more knowledgeable about that than I do, but one of the twins, he noticed and he's like, yeah, mom, mom, dad is in trouble, dad is in trouble. And of course, what did Wanda do? She expanded her powers. So she is controlling way more than we were let on. She is controlling the powers and she actually extended and expanded the WandaVision bubble, the Hex. And now everyone that is coming across to its path is basically trapped within it itself. How long is it going to stop? And who's going to be the one that's going to face off against her now or maybe become the self-conscious of her? I want to say self-conscious, I mean... How can I say this? Her Jiminy Cricket. You know, who would be the voice of reason? Would it be Vision? Would it be someone else? Who knows? Who the hell knows at this point? And I love the fact that Quicksilver, 
you know, Pietro would come to her and be like, listen, I'm not Vision. I'm not your husband. I'm me. I'm your brother. Tell me what's going on. Like, how the hell are you doing this? So he knows. He knows something is up. He knows that she's controlling all of this. And even she said it herself. She goes, I have no idea how this started. All I know is I was in grief. I was alone. I was mourning. I lost you. I lost my, the love of my life. I lost everything. And then this happened. And she still sees her dead brother right in front of her too. You know, every now and then. And it's like... God damn. And one thing that this show really does very well is the fact that it makes you feel sorry for both the character and the side characters or even the supporting characters around them. Because let's say this leads into, which it will, this leads into Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. Is it possible that this gigantic hex, WandaVision bubble constructed reality thing is it possible that her powers have gone now beyond a control where she could, I so badly want to say digitize, that she could digitize the entire world? And yet, maybe some people that are powerful magicians or powerful sorcerers, they realize, oh my god, something is in the works, what the hell's going on? And then boom, that leads to Wanda being the main villain of Doctor Strange 2. Oh my goodness. Oh, something has got to give. Something has got to give here. I noticed a lot on Agnes, and there's a chance that maybe that she could be Mephisto, Mephisto, you know, because something is very out of all the people. I don't know if this is a forced type of theory that people have came up with, and now I'm starting to see it too, but out of all the characters within the Hex, she's the only one that seems like the main different out of all of them, like the outlier or maybe the anomaly in terms of everything that's going on. Because when the twins grew up, I believe this was episode 5. Yes, it was episode 5. When the ten, when the twins grew up in an accelerated rate, that did not bother her one bit. She just accepted it like it was nothing. Now, you could make the argument that she kind of knows everything what's going on. She knows about the Avengers, that she knows about everything. But that argument doesn't make any sense because Vision in Episode 6 actually broke her f mind free just for that tiny bit. And she's like, oh my god, you're Vision. You're, you're an Avenger. Please help me. Wanda's doing this. Please help. And it's like, huh. There's something interesting about you, Agnes. By the way, a little bit of a side note here as well. She, that actress, actually played the female Dr. Otto Octavius or Dr. Octavius from the Into the Spider-Verse. So I feel like that's a very interesting plug-in right there. I wonder if maybe she's also from a parallel dimension or an alternate universe. Maybe she could be from the Sony-verse. Maybe she could have something to do with Spider-Man herself. I mean, I know I'm forcing it because I'm a huge Spider-Man nut writer. I get it, but... Hey, you know what? To each his own. To each his own. This episode was good. This episode was really good. I'm so glad on the references. I'm glad they wore the costumes, especially on a very spooky Halloween type theme where, you know, it's scary. It's fucking frightening to know that you are part of a world and you are nothing more than a puppet on strings. And the fact that you are trying your very best to get out, to, to break away, and you fucking can't. So it kind of makes you ask the question, who should you feel more sorry to? Wanda, the main character that we've been following for years now? Or the innocent people 
that have been dragged into this that are completely innocent and really has nothing to do with any of this. They can't get back to their lives. They can't get back to freedom. They're fucking trapped. They're prisoners. They're essentially fucking prisoners. So that's a very interesting take on this. I'm glad to see in terms of the twins excelling their powers as well. As I said, I'm so glad to see Evan Peters as Pietro. Episode 7 is going to be a hell of a doozy. I can't wait for it. And that is next Friday. I'm really glad that WandaVision is now probably the best episode. I'm sorry, the best show that people are talking about. Because it has exceeded my expectations and I know it's exceeded yours. So, I can't wait to see what's next. I believe we only have like three or four episodes left. Don't quote me on that because I think they were talking about a bonus episode that they actually filmed before the pandemic, you know, started to slow down a little bit. But I can't wait. I can't wait to see what happens next. And that is WandaVision for episode five and six. I know I delved a lot about that. In terms of my theory, in terms of what happens next, I don't know. I have no idea. Now that everyone is trapped, who can face off against her? Maybe we can have, ooh, Wanda against Vision. That'd be cool. Wanda against Vision. Or Wanda against her brother, Pietro. What if she kills her brother? What if she kills her brother within the Wanda Vision reality? Ooh, then she'll become full villain. Oh my god. Alright, I'm, I'm going to stop because I, I don't want to theorize too much. And I, I want to be surprised like all of you. I want to be surprised like all of you. WandaVision Episode 7, that is next Friday. I can't wait to fucking see it. And now, ladies and gentlemen, that was our WandaVision talk. Let's transition into some questions and answers. These are going to be a doozy. We'll try to get to a few or many of them as we can in the next 20 or so minutes. We'll be right back after this. Like always, I am really glad that people were able to direct message me in terms of what they thought about the situations that's been going on, especially to the controversial Gina Carano. And oh my god, god damn, is this very, very interesting to even discuss. So the first question that comes to me is from a guy that I've known very well. He did not want me to reveal his info because considering this is a very very controversial topic, he did not want to get destroyed or ridiculed on Twitter, which is understandable. He basically asks, Garcia, Gina Carano, crazy? Stupid? What the hell is going on with her? Do I think that written that excuse me, kinda of messed up that question a little bit. Do I think that Republicans and Jewish people should be compared? Hell the hell no. But then again, what the hell do I know? 
What say you, my friend? What say you? Gina Carano, where do we start with this? Where the hell do we start with this? Okay. Considering this is a podcast that actually looks at both sides of the coin here, I want to try to look at both perspectives, okay? There are two ways that you can look at this. She is either very, very brave or very, very foolish. And what do I mean by those things? Well, here's the thing. There is something to respect and commend about Gina Carano. Throughout her entire life, even before getting into Hollywood, for many of you that don't even know her history, she is or was an MMA fighter. And she's the type of person that never ever backs down from anything. She's the type of person that will always speak her mind no matter what. If she has something positive or passionate to say, then she will fucking say it. She doesn't care about what other people's opinions are. She doesn't care about people canceling her she does not give a flying fuck and there's something to respect on that there really is as i said she's been a fighter's fighter for years years trained all her life doing the damn thing getting knocked out getting back up facing off against the who's who and the what's what the epic fight with her and chris cyborg from strike force god damn one of the best that paved the way for women's mma fucking ever forever And as I said, she's the type of person that will not back down from fucking anything. And she will speak her mind no matter what, no matter how controversial or upsetting or whatever the case that is. And she said that the cancel culture is a mob. And she says that that she will not allow herself to get canceled if we don't let it. Which is why literally 24 hours after Lucasfilms fucking dropped her. Lucasfilms being a part of Disney fucking drops her. And what does she do? She goes right into Ben Shapiro. One of the most controversial people ever in the history of the world. And now they're making a movie together. I don't know what the movie is about. I don't give a shit. So as I said, there's something to respect on that. So the fact that she's very brave and the fact that she will not let herself be silenced by anybody, especially with how crazy this cancel culture has been, and their number one goal and their number one objective since they want to target anybody that does not agree with their views, that does not agree with their opinions, and they fucking hate you, that they will do whatever they can to drag you through the fucking mud to make sure that you end up on the streets and that you do not have the means to afford money to support your children, your family, or whatever the case may be. They want to see you less than the fucking dirt that they are. And there is argument that cancel culture, aside from the people that truly deserve it, Harvey Weinstein, for example, and many other, Bill Cosby, you know, obviously get get the fuck rid of them because what they've done was fucking horrible. But to go after someone with an opinion on Twitter, an opinion, Jesus Christ, I mean, how much is all of this really going to step forward where, yeah, maybe that this shit has been gone way out of hand and she fucking planted her feet like a fucking tree and say oh you want to cancel me bring it on motherfuckers bring it on so i keep saying this i'm gonna say it again there is something to respect on that aspect of her character and she has tons of supporters because of this because on one side it is an opinion that she has stated now let me look at the other side here there's a reason why Me as a person, there's a reason why I don't 
really get emotionally involved when it comes to politics or religion. For one thing, you do not compare a political viewpoint, Republican or Democrat, you do not compare a political viewpoint to an enslavement of a race or religion that happened during one of the most horrifying moments ever in in history of the world, the fucking Holocaust. You don't do that. You don't do that. That's like me saying, and I'm just using this as an example, that's like me saying the mistreatment back then of racism, like let's say men's basketball. It's a terrible analogy here, but I'm trying to make sense of this. That's like me saying, oh, the racism here is pretty much uh, the racism to white people uh reverse racism against white people and men's basketball i'm just using that as an example i don't know what the fuck i'm saying but i'm like i guess i'm trying to make sense of this um oh the 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 indication of basketball for white people is as bad as how black people or african americans how they felt during the slavery times motherfucker what wait wait what you're comparing a viewpoint to, wait, to slavery? What? To the fact that millions of people were tortured and beaten and killed because of their religion or the race or the color of their skin? You want to compare that to a viewpoint? What? What the fuck? And I'm, and I'm, the moment I read this, I'm not even going to read what she wrote on Twitter. I'm, I'm not, because I read it too many times and I'm like, okay. I get you're trying to make an opinion, but what exactly are you trying to get through on this one? There's an old saying here. Some things are better left unsaid. They are. And you don't really need to say everything that comes to your mind. Now, I, now I, I know some people are like, well, Garcia, you're a podcaster. You know, you say anything that comes to your mind and, and, and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but I don't try to piss off millions of people based on their religion or political viewpoints because for one thing I stay away from that shit human beings take that shit literally and figuratively because that's how passionate they are regardless if they're snowflakes or not regardless if they have a an emotional investment towards it or not because you know they either served or they work with it or they are knowledgeable about it whatever the reason is I stay away from it and it comes to the point that Again, we're living in this culture where people will try to do whatever they can, as I said, to cancel you and to make you feel less than nothing. And what are the easiest targets? Celebrities. Celebrities are always the easiest targets because they are the one with the fame. They are the one with the glamour. They are the ones that, you know, make the money and whatever they say on Twitter of all things, if it does not agree with you and they will try to cancel it no matter what. Gina Carano's not stupid. She knows this. And yet, she pokes the bear and plays with fire. And of course, I even asked this question on, on my Twitter feed. Was her firing from Lucasfilms, from the Star Wars, the Mandalorian, from Disney, was it justified? Some people said yes. Other people said no. And for me, if I was the CEO of Disney running a multi-billion dollar corporation, one of the most powerful monopolies in the entire world, and I have a representative of mine working under me, representing my brand, 
yes, I would do exactly what they did. I would fire her, and that's exactly what they did. Where they're like, yeah, we cannot be associated with this person. We cannot be associated with these controversial statements on what's been going on. Because remember, like during these times, it's not as woke as back then as it is now. Does it make it right? Not really. Does it make it justifiable? Some can say yes, some can say no. So I understand both viewpoints here. And I do know that one person or many people are for her and many people are against her. I mean, how many times have we been seeing for months now where we've been seeing hashtag fire Gina Carano, hashtag this and hashtag that. Now, after this happened, the people that support her are now saying cancel Disney Plus. So it's a different form of the cancel culture, the ones that haven't spoken up before, and they still want retribution. They still want justice. And they're saying, cancel Disney Plus. Motherfuckers, do you realize that if you cancel Disney Plus, you will not get WandaVision, you will not get the Falcon and Winter Soldier, you will not get the shows, you will not get the content that is provided that are family-friendly content for you, for your children, for yourselves, for whatever it is, especially during these COVID times? Are you fucking nuts? You're mad over what they did to someone, and I get it. I get you're pissed off because, you know, whether it's justice or not, I completely understand that, but... Two wrongs don't make a right here. They really, really don't. And if you want to sit there and be like, oh my god, this is this is apprehensible and this is this is bullshit, that this is fucked up. We need to cancel Disney Plus. Motherfucker, if you want to cancel Disney Plus, you cancel it. You cancel your membership. You cancel, you get rid of it from your phone or computer or Roku TV or whatever. Don't try to ruin it for everybody else that wants nothing to do with this bullshit. Don't ruin it for anybody else that actually wants to watch the damn thing and wants nothing to do with political or religious views like me, like a lot of people that listen to this podcast, like anybody else with a sensible brain that wants nothing to do with this bullshit. Come on, guys. We're better than that. We're fucking better than that. I understand you're pissed off on what happened to Gina Carano, but come on. To call a firing over a network and getting people that have worked within that network to lose their jobs because of the viewpoints that Disney had to. Look, Disney had to do this. They had to. Remember, they canceled James Gunn. Now, obviously what James Gunn said from 2009-2010, and there was this one guy on Twitter that tried to fight with me on this shit, where, well, you should thank Disney for hiring James Gunn back, uh, you know, this and that and blah blah blah. I'm like, bro, and, and this is what drives me crazy about certain people, where they're comparing apples and oranges here, and they're trying to make one point over another. Dude, equality does not exist. What's viewed for one does not equal and viewed for another. And quite frankly, and maybe this is my way of trying to justify what he did, not that I need to, he apologized for those cryptic tweaks. He apologized for those offensive stuff. He apologized for us from 10 fucking years ago, bro. If people that made movies from back then in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, or Disney films, or whatever the case may be, that had controversial moments, do are you going to pull each and every one of them and have them apologize for what they did back then? Come on, bro. Come on, we're better than that. We're fucking better. And who knows, maybe after the the dust settles and maybe 
you know, after some time and they think to themselves, you know what, she was giving an opinion no matter how fucking stupid it is and everyone is entitled to it no matter how fucking dumb it sounds, maybe we do give her a chance. But that's not up to us to decide. That's up to Disney to decide. They are the ones that hired her and they are the ones that can fire her. And that's another thing that I want to get. I know I'm rambling on and on here and I know we still have more questions than we get to. We only have a few minutes left, but I want to end it on this. If you truly believe that she has the ultimate right, the freedom of speech to say whatever the fuck she wants to say, that's no problem. I understand that. But you need to understand that there is a reason why Disney has the utmost right to fire whoever it is they want to fire. So that way it does not make their public image look bad. Is it fucked up? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't agree with it. But I understand their perspective. And as I said before, and I'm going to end it at this. Some things are better left unsaid. I'll end it there. Fucking did a lot on that one too. <laughs> did a lot on that one. Second question coming to us. What do you think on Tom Holland being cryptic in terms of the whole Spider-Man 3 talk? He claims that before he knew what was going on. Now he claims he doesn't know what's going on. Are we expected to believe him? Should I even bother with Spider-Man 3? I hold these guys' words to merit. Okay. That's a problem that you have. You should not hold a person's words to promise or merit, especially when it comes to producing or marketing a film. If for any reason we watch the movie and Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire are not part of it in any way, shape, or form, that's kind of our fault. And the reason why I say it's kind of our fault is because we hold these movies to such high degree on a fucking pedestal to the point that if we do not get our expectations met... We instantly curse the film out. And it's not really their fault. It's not. It's not their fault. With that being said, I would not really hold Tom Holland's words to merit. Because remember, when the whole Avengers Infinity War thing happened and he spoiled so much shit, I'm pretty sure the Russos came to him and be like, yo, you need to fucking stop. I'm sure there was at one point where they came to him and be like, listen, you signed a non-disclosure agreement for a reason. You need to fucking stop. Just stop. So if he's being all cryptic and he claims that he doesn't know anything, take his words. Don't take them. It doesn't matter. Wait until the movie drops December 17th, 2021. And you'll be happy. You'll be happy. Last question we have because I know we were running out of, out of time a little bit. What do you think of Keanu Reeves being offered the role of Craven the Hunter? I think Keanu Reeves is an awesome actor. I think he can maybe procure the role very, very well. To be honest, I'd rather see Carl Urban because not only does he have the facial hair and he has the physique, but I feel like he can be the perfect person to do it. Not to mention, just because someone is offered the role doesn't mean that they will take it. To me, Carl Urban is the perfect casting for that role, Craven the Hunter. And that's all there is to it. 
That's all we have for this episode on Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Thank you so much for sending in your questions. I know I spent so much on Gina Carano, but as I said, I wanted to get both perspectives here on her being very brave or very foolish. If you disagree with me in anything that I said, and whether you're for her or against her, and you want to have a natural conversation about this, by all means, once again, hit me up. Voice of Garcia on my Twitter or Instagram. You can hit me up. Direct message me, you can get on the show, and we can have a normal, civilized conversation. And it's as simple as that. And I want to hear other people's perspective on this as well. So, that's all there is to it. Now, as always, let's go into our superhero quote of the day. And this one is from Wanda herself. Even though she's more of an anti-hero now, where she's going into villain territory. But, these are her words, and it goes back to episode 5. Stay away from my home. You don't bother me. I don't bother you. And my reaction to that is this. Don't fuck with the Scarlet Witch. Tune in next time where we will talk more on all the hilarious happenings that goes on in the world of comic book, news, games, histories, or whatever the case may be. And always remember, if you hear about it and you read about it, I talk about it. Controversial or otherwise. Stay safe. Happy Valentine's Day. Take care of each other. I'm done. I'm through. Peace out.